Hello, I'm Simon Bowes. Welcome to this week's Net Hero podcast. Uh, this episode will all be about fitness, gym. How can your gym be eco? Can it help you generate power? But onto that a little later. It's a fascinating, brilliant talk with a guy called Will, who is an inspiration. But more of that in a moment, because there has been so much news. Wow, has there been a lot of news. So they say a week is a long time in politics. Well, <laughs> look what's happened. We are in a state of flux. We've got a situation where now financial turmoil in the markets, the loggerheads or discrepancy between the Treasury policy and what the Bank of England is doing has put everything, well, has spooked the markets, basically. The pound has gone down. And what does that all mean for us in the world of net zero? Well, it certainly means more bills for everyone. You know, this podcast will be going out literally three days after we've had our bill rises. So we've got all of that. We've got uh, the cost of borrowing from the government in huge. What does it mean for foreign investors? Well, I think the real truth is you can really panic right now or you can just say, you've got to let it all calm down. Now, Liz Truss has gone about giving her defense of trussonomics, as they call it, and what she wants to do. Whether that will give some confidence to the markets, which means confidence to investors, which means all the big plans around energy can actually happen, I'm not too sure. But one of the things that was very important um, this past week was the government doing a call for evidence on net zero. So if you knew what was happening in the past pathway we were going on, now the new trust administration, what they've said is that the business and energy department will review for the approach to net zero. What does that mean for business people? Well, it looks like the government, one thing, great news they have reiterated their commitment to net zero but they're looking at what is the best way to do it they're looking for a range of views from stakeholders and they're asking uh, looking for opportunities that can be used i think this is something that we should all consider and you can get involved by going to the uh, bay's site and having a look so which is um uh, it's basically gov.uk and just type in net zero you'll see I certainly think it's something worth doing because we've got to influence what this direction will be. The government says it's pro-growth and pro-business. Well, let's see that. You've had this week the announcement on fracking. You've had the review of net zero. You've had Liz Trust defending. And, and fact, frankly, Jacob Rees-Mogg going, we must get more oil and gas because all of it returns to the same thing is not to be at the behest of the energy markets. I did a great webinar with uh, Grid Beyond. You can listen to that on futurezero.com. And they were talking about what's happening now is probably a set period. You know, the speakers on that were talking about a set period of higher prices. But the trilemma, if you remember that, affordability, security supply, sustainability. Well, now security supply is the most important thing. And you could argue that that's probably wrong in some ways. And does that mean the detriment of net zero? But I actually think 
even though I disagree with some of the things the government are trying to do, security of supply is the most important thing. Because without the energy supply, without guaranteeing, and hopefully all of this, the attacks on Nord Stream, which are definitely by Russia, you know, blowing up a pipeline, and all of this will hopefully, if there's any good coming out of it, reiterate the decision to build more sustainable power solutions. So more renewable, more green energy from nuclear, looking at other things and reducing it. But in the short term, we will have to try and secure some oil and gas and we'll have to do that. Now, many green groups have been saying that this is an appalling idea. But if you think about it, we are importing LNG and LNG is made in other parts of the world. It has to be liquefied, has to be put on a ship, has to be sailed over here and then stored. There is a huge emissions trail for all of that. So does it make better sense to get it locally and extract it from where we have reserves in the North Sea? Possibly. It's a political decision, it's an economic decision, and it's a tough decision. But I think this next few weeks, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the markets will stabilize, we'll get some more confidence in. And remember, the best way to try and keep your bills down is to use less and look for more savings. So that, I hope, will give you some semblance of where we are. Plenty more information on futurenetzero.com and our sister site, energylivenews.com. So do have a look. Now, on to this week's podcast, which, as I said, is all about getting net zero fit. I'm a middle-aged man, and I have uh, fluctuated between having peak fitness for about five minutes and then peak beer gut for several years. Um, fitness has always been something I've been into, and most of us, we have spits and starts at it. You go to the gym or you go for a bike ride or whatever you do. And obviously, part of the whole thing of being fit is that you'll you'll feel better about yourself and you're doing things. And I think lockdown changed a lot of people's ideas of what fitness was. But what if your fitness was something that helped the environment too? Now, you've all seen what's going on with the energy crisis. And some gyms are saying they may have to close because the price of energy is so high. Can they keep uh, them going? We've had conversations about places in other parts of Europe where swimming pools are closed down and fitness facilities are, uh, are shutting up shop. Well, what if you went to the gym that generated your own power? That's right. So as you hit those treadmills, you lifted those weights, whatever you did, you started to power that gym. Well, sounds like a fantasy, but there's a man who's turning that into a reality. And uh, I'm delighted to say he's joining us right now will flint hello <laughs> thanks so much good to see you yeah absolutely so energy is that the name of it energy gym that's right that's I like, like it energy gym see what you're doing there uh, before we get into it first of all what's your are you a fitness guy is that your is that your background you're like a personal trainer or something ah no i'm actually not i uh, actually have a background in uh, the electrical sector i used to work as an energy reduction analyst when I used to go into big buildings and corporates and look at how they could reduce their overarching energy expenditure. Uh, this was about five, six years ago. At that time, it was very heavily driven by cost reduction, not really so much clean energy and carbon neutrality. Uh, that 
was focused around, you know, more efficient LED lighting, HVAC systems, and how to reduce the overall expenditure for a, for a big installation. Uh, that's my 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 bread and butter, really, and that's where the career that I came from. Where's the gym thing? Then you just just like a normal person, just like going to the gym. I the gym for me is something that that's has helped me through a lot of hard times. It's something that I've I've always turned to. It's a bit of a therapy for me, um, actually. So lifting weights is a great way to sort of you know bookend the day and and doing some cardio and just feeling good and feeling fresh. So yeah, I think for you me, just done it like most of us do. To you know, it's quite nice, isn't it? Sometimes you just feel like you you don't have to think about anything. Just get away from it yeah 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 so i mean i have competed on a professional level previously but not as a as a career i used to play a lot of rugby and then i got into bodybuilding for a little while right uh, just as a more of a pastime but this thing about the energy world and the gym world were two separate things yeah in your life yes yes they were so how on earth did they come together well in 2018 i had a you know i was previously in the industry of energy reduction, I um, worked in that uh, company and was kind of rising through uh, the ranks as it were. Um, and I, I kind of had a pretty significant thing happen to me where I ended up hospitalized, uh, fighting for my life. Um, and I was actually, uh, long story short, I was actually attacked with a knife. Um, oh my God. And, and uh, so a violent I crime. Really, I mean, that's, that's, that's a life-changing experience for most people. It really was for me as well. Yeah. So I was actually out on on New Year's Eve, um, and I was on my, on my way home. I saw a girl being attacked on the street, and I went to to help her. Um, and the next thing I know, um, the guy, her attacker, had pulled out a knife, kitchen knife, and was stabbing me, uh, attacking me, and just slashing it at me. So um, I was left stabbed twelve times with a paralyzed diaphragm. A um, severed spleen, um, multiple stab wounds, and, and essentially, you know, fighting for my life. Um, wow! So literally lucky to be alive. That's 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 appalling, but also incredibly brave of you as well. It's um, I think it's one of those things that you know a lot of people would have done in the moment. Um, I think it's also yeah, a, I get it. A, a telling point on on knife crime as well, which is you know a thing that I've kind of donated quite a lot of my life to campaigning against. Um, but but you know, fast forwarding from there, you know, I woke up after a four-hour operation um, operation with you know my mum holding my my hand by my my bedside table in hospital, covered in stitches, staples, unable to breathe properly, and you know that was a point for me where you know a lot of with trauma, you know the, the healing process um, takes a long time, um, yeah. mentally and physically. Um, so, were you sort of bedridden for a while and had time to think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a few months actually. I, I couldn't really do much. I um, was in ICU for a while and then managed to to get out and I think did a lot of reflecting during that period, um, looking about what I was doing and 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 ultimately kind of where I wanted to go and and, and take my journey. Um, and I had to chose it to a sort of different path. And what I did was I went traveling, you know, with with my best friend. We went uh, yep. Australia, Bali, Thailand, and and Asia and <clears throat> and saw the world. Um, and left my job behind and it was it was amazing to be honest and, and it was quite kind of enlightening and it sounds I like bet, I bet especially after something you, I think I think this happened to a lot of people you need to break away from the surroundings and everything like that did you find what during that time I don't know how long you were away for was it, is that where it all started to come together an idea well it was just before I got into um, sorry before I went, went travelling I, I got into the gym to try and sort of get my strength back 
it's quite hard to say, you know, from what I was quite, quite strong previously from the, the competitions that I'd done before to then having lost all of that strength, you know, not being able to put my own socks on myself. And it was, you know, going from being extremely self-sufficient and reliant to not being able to do anything for myself was, was quite, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get through that. So the gym for me was was where I kind of could rebuild and quite literally therapy to be able to get back, you know, fighting fit to my my, my previous self. And, you know, physically, mentally, you, you feel better. Your serotonin levels increase. It's this natural high and you, you have progress. So that was really where the gym came into it for me um, about that rebuilding um, phase yeah. of that journey. So then I said, said about, about traveling. Uh, we went to Australia. I remember seeing the Great Barrier Reef. And uh, I remember, you know, we returned to the same spot a few weeks after we'd been. And then that same spot was, was once teeming with tropical life, had reduced to, you know, a, a skeleton coral. Yeah, I've been there. It's, I mean, I went 20 years ago. I loved it. I learned to dive there. And I think if I go back now to the sites, so much of that has been damaged. It's, 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 it's terrifying, actually. Yeah. Yeah, just, just wasting away. Um, and we don't realize this because it's not, you know, the, the effects of climate change and the impact on, on what's going on is, is not always that visible. It's until we have these kind of moments of realization or, you know, there's, there's forest fires or that devastation that we see visibly and it impacts our personal life. That's when we start to think, crap, we've got we to make a change and do something about this. But I think for me, you know, during that time of reflection, I, I, I saw that and I just kind of got the kind of cogs whirring, as it were. Um, and I've got a bit of an engineering history so i started to sort of you know concept some ideas about the the idea of, of human power and what if you know what if it was it was possible and and just how much energy was available and you know currently you know the fitness market is is tremendous but nearly all of that energy is just going to waste so what if we could turn that on i mean this is i don't know obviously there's some maths behind it right so my basic uh physics will tell me that we 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 produce energy and people think about calories, but it's joules, isn't it? Joules of energy, right? So what you do. So how do you work out how much, I don't know, uh, a two minute jog is or lifting 40 kilos is? or whatever. How do you conceptualize that in terms of energy? If you're if you were thinking this sort of stuff up, what, what did you do? What was your pencil and paper? Uh, calculations? Well, yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know, to do a direct conversion from, you know, calorific burn into kind of output because you know you, you've got things like you know basal metabolic rate to take into consideration everyone burns calories at different rates and different paces you know to keep their uh, lungs functioning and their heart from beating but realistically a watt is a watt you know um a watt of power can either be generated cleanly and sustainably or it can be generated in a way which is unsustainable and bad for the planet and you can look at the human machine as it were as it's actually we're about as efficient as a diesel engine about about 28 32 percent efficient from from us from converting the energy that we you know ingest and, and eat into output um as movement so uh, it's, it's breaking that down really and looking at each of the phases and stages of the inefficiencies of you know each time energy gets converted you you yeah. lose and just working out the total meaning behind it so a great way to look at this is, um, you know, a, a cyclist on a, on, a, on a bike. Yes. I mean, that's one we can all sort of understand. And, you know, most of us know what a dynamo is and probably had them as kids that power your, your lamp as your pedal sort of thing. Yeah. And that's another thing to remember as well. This concept of human power is not, it's nothing new. You know, we've been doing this since um, 1800s where we were using pedal powered sewing machines and also the, the dynamo that would light the, the headlight on your, on your bike or on your way home, lighting the path in front of you. It's just a, you know, the application really has, has come into 
like now where there's a lot more focus on sustainability. It's just really having the core need for a, a new energy source, which is which is clean and currently going to waste. You conceptualize this stuff about the human body as potential. And I have to say, mate, it does sound a bit like the Matrix. Though. <laughs> 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 but anyway, let's put that aside. Suddenly, I had that thought. Like of a mirror episode. That I thought <laughs> yeah. Had that thought of you know Lawrence Winchman going, "Maybe yeah, we turned us." <laughs> but when you're getting these ideas right, and you said like part of your recovery and everything, right? How did that actually become? Okay, I, did you decide to build something? Did you say? I'm going to get some money to build an eco gym and an energy gym. What, what happened next? Oh, it's, it's more of an iterative process. It kind of just came as a natural pro- progression of, of, of doing a few things. So, so what I started doing was concepting some early stage designs, mechanical designs on the back of a napkin, quite literally. I think in a, in a, in a pub in Bali, whilst I was having a beer with my mate, and just thinking about the how in which we can we convert it and, and attach a generator system and a circuit to be able to kind of capture that energy. And, and naturally that's quite quite simple, you know, with the dynamos and systems. But for us and for, for the company now, it's all about making it seamless, seamlessly tie in with how you train already, rather than, you know, having someone do a handstand and, you know, um, spin around three times and have to learn a completely different movement. No, we want to sort of almost look at that retrofit model where we can look at existing equipment and, and, and strap in a, a piece of technology which would allow you to convert that energy into clean power, which can be utilised in either battery storage or directly into a, a grid. Right now, I'm getting it. So, you're, what you were what you were looking for was coming up with devices that will capture the energy when you're doing some spinning on a bike or something. Like that. You were thinking of actual bits of physical kit that could turn that energy, that kinetic energy of us, into potential energy to be stored electrical energy. Yeah, exactly that. And this, there's there's tons of different workouts and movements inside of a gym and. You know, everyone is is there to burn calories and whatever their motivation be, whether it be recovering from trauma like myself or to get abs for their their holiday on the beach. You know, it's um, it, there's lots of different you know ways in which to harness that power. Um, it's about trying to to interlink this seamlessly into existing training techniques to to you know not not teach people to to do anything different, as it were. You've got all of this. You've decided. You've drawn a little idea for this thing. What happens next when you came back? Did you think, right, I'm going to build this? Did you get some money? Did you, did you talk to some friends, or, or what did you do to actually start to create what has now become Energym? Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I started building. Yeah, you're exactly right. Got myself access to a little workshop. Started sort of tinkering around and and pulling some early concepts and prototypes together. I then uh, heard about an ERDF, European Union funded pot of money as a grant fund i think it was 10 grand which we which i applied for and i got accepted and that was a, an amazing moment you know that, that that fund then went to building a you know a small team of people around me of contractors to be able to sort of fabricate stuff as well as filing for for patents in the space and from there onwards uh, we continued to to kind of march forward we then got accepted to um a, an incubator program a business incubator program here in birmingham with uh, alongside a company called, called gymshark which they were running this, uh, who are prolific in the fitness space. If you haven't heard of them, they, they make very innovative gym wear um, and, and, you know, compression garments and all sorts of, of great clothing for, for the gym and fitness um, market. But um, it was that backing really that, that afforded me and enabled me to dedicate my, my life to this kind of full time, start building a team, refine prototypes and start designing, you know, on, on the journey and the strategy into to getting this out on your website right now and uh, have a look at it ladies and gents if you're listening in uh, in the gym uh, 
E-N-E-R-G-Y-M. I mean, this is great. I like all the pictures. So basically, I'm looking at something here, which says, take your power back. The regen harnesses your human power to clean electricity. And so it looks like it's a bike, but you've put something into it, have you, to create uh, something that captures, it says here, about 100 uh, watts of power and turn it into uh, a battery. And then you talk about something called the Enerbox, which is a kind of smart conversion control. So basically, just obviously there's a radio to try and get people to understand. You've designed something that as the pedal turns on that bike, it captures the energy very efficiently, correct? Right, yeah, you've got it. So we've, we've designed our own, our first product to market, it's called the Regen. Um, it's a an indoor cycle, a, a bike for training either at home or in the gym. There's two different applications to this, which I'll get into a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, which can convert energy at very high efficiencies. And that's the trick here. That's the key. You know, we're getting between 85, upwards 90% in some cases of, of energy conversion into battery storage from the kinetic power of, of turning the pedals. You've got digital resistance shifters, so you can simulate riding a bike. Um, yeah. Increases the torque and resistance felt by the user. We've also tied this in with a really nice software system control um, where you can kind of play against people in real time and, you know, have, have some fun with it and gamify the experience. But ultimately what we're trying to do, the home bike that you mentioned is comes with a battery pack, which we call the Ohm. That's a hundred yeah. hour battery pack, which you charge up in half an hour of cycling and you can then unclip and then use that to, to power your devices, right? You know, um, So what, I can use it to power my phone? Your phone, your laptop, any actually appliances we can plug in. And <laughs> I love this. Plug in the, the, what about the actual thing itself, the, the bike itself? Because all these bikes, you know, I've got an old-fashioned uh, static bike I, I use in the, in the in the shed, and that's got nothing. It's just a bit of metal that moves, and it just, you know, turns, and it's, that's it. But the new ones have got, you know, the what's that thing called Peloton? They've got loads of screens and stuff. Does it? Does your bike need power, and does it power itself, or...? or or how does it work? Or yes, it's go off in the middle of it, will it? No, it's completely self-powering. Uh, it powers itself as a small auxiliary battery, which it charges up to power, you know, it, it, its own um, consumption. And then the the excess power then is then pushed into this battery unit called the Ohm, which is also doubles up as a power meter. It ties in with our app and it learns how fit you are over time. And it, yeah. will, well, it will essentially change different colors. So if you're, you're in your red zone, you're being a little bit lazy, you can work a bit harder, move to amber, uh, you're doing well, and then green is that sort of top high performance zone for you. A uh, bit like a golf handicap. You know, the fitter you get, the harder that green zone will get into, and it's very visible and easy to see. All the while, you're creating that power, charging it into this canister, and then you'll be able to unclip that. Uh, it's it's interesting actually with with that setup because that's a hundred watt hour battery pack. However, you know, on average, the average cyclist will will create on our system around about two hundred watt hours of power per hour long workout, which you know it does become meaningful on mass. And when you look at this in a kind of a spin studio or cycle studio type yeah. environment, that's where this potential becomes really quite meaningful for, you know, the gym facility itself. You're not actually talking about powering the gym. <laughs> I might be. Um, that's, that's the dream, is it? <laughs> oh, well, we have a, an installation pending um, over in Berlin, which we're, we're doing from November. Launch date is 1st of December of which they're looking at seven uh, classes a day, 40 of our regen bikes, and we're expecting around about 50 to 60 kilowatt hours per day from that facility yeah. alone, just from the, the member cycling. Wow. 
I'm quite taken aback by this, really. Because, I mean, look, I don't want to be facetious, but I'm kind of a facetious person anyway. But, you know, we've 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 had these things for years, like you said. And, you know, I remember uh, there was a kind of challenge at a conference where we all jumped on a pedal bike, they'd been rigged up and the lights went on and all of that sort of stuff. And it, it's fun and it's good fun. And as you say, it's something that we're used to. But if it actually becomes power that is captured, and that power can then be daisy chain to produce more power, then it becomes something more than a novelty. So being brutally honest, how, you know, what, what's, your, what's your hope for this? What's, what's the reality of what you're looking at? Because I get it, it's quite nice, it sounds great. It sounds, dare I say, it sounds very first world. I'm, I'm doing a lot of great things. Look at me, I can ooh, charge my phone because I've, I've pedaled <laughs> a bit. But apart from being a bit kind of, you know, good for your ego, where where's the help in this? So give me a, an idea of where you want this to develop. Right. So it's it's very key to also remember that, you know, this is energy that's currently going to waste. Within the market space of commercial gyms, you know, uh, cycle studios themselves, uh, which are all the rage right now, you know, everyone and their dog has taken up cycling since, since COVID. It's becoming prolific um, in, in terms of the industry. So what the vision here is, is, is not to be a gimmick, is to be genuinely meaningful. And when you actually look at, you know, the commercial considerations behind going into a gym and fitness club, they don't have a lot of options in terms of going green. To become more uh, sustainable or reduce their carbon footprint, typically gyms are on a, you know, a 10-year lease with their yeah. landlord. Yeah. Right? They, they therefore do not have the ability to install solar panels because they don't own the building. They can't switch to a clean energy provider because, again, they don't own the building. But one thing they can control is the equipment that resides within their facility. And that's where we come in. We're able to quite uniquely install our technology inside of a gym to enable um, its members to come in and create power. That power is then pushed into a battery pack and then feed, fed into the building at certain times as well. So if the energy is more expensive and they're on a variable tariff, say 6 till 9 a.m., energy is super expensive, that would be the time which that energy gets pushed through and you can do sort of clever cycle discharging uh, techniques there. But also we're able to, you know, really incentivize the members. And that's quite key here as well. It's the, the concept of generating power is something that people kind of get straight away. And we make it quite visually immersive with very low energy LED lights, um, which are pulsing as the battery is charging. Yeah. And there's a software setup as well, which again, doesn't run on a lot of power which you know shows people how much power they're creating and rewards them for that. And that actually gets more out of a, a member and actually helps with membership retention, new member acquisition, and helps that gym to, to increase its loyalty from its members. It's, you just got me thinking there, it was quite interesting. I, there's a question that I, I came to mind, which is the energy is captured, as you've said, in this battery. How do you convert, I assume that the battery captures it as, you know, direct kind of, how do you convert it into ac do you have to put it in and you know put so it can actually work with the the power in the building yeah what, exactly what are you doing? so have you, have you got a whole energy system that's what i'm asking that yeah, comes yeah. with this so each bike has this inside of our inner box you know which is that kind of uh neatly styled kind of rear box it has its own rectification circuit so we'll convert three phase ac from our generator into dc directly into the battery and then from the battery we then go into a you know a supplemental uh, inverter, which then feeds the building itself with AC power. <laughs> it's quite a nice little bit of kit you've made, isn't it? I quite like it. It's like it shows that, you know, 
tinkering in a shed can lead to something so profound. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, Will. Yeah, um, so you've got one gym in Birmingham, correct? That's right. Yeah. Where's yeah. that? Where's that? Uh, in central Birmingham, in uh, the, the centre of town, we've also got a, a demo studio going into into the Gymshark facility. Um, we've also got a another club going live, a big club going live, which is a kind of our flagship in right. Berlin, which is that one that launched on the first of December. So that's kind of the, the real gear up. We've also got a you know a lot of interest at the moment, as you can imagine, with what's going on with the energy crisis at the moment and going through the roof. And this. There's several factors to this. You know, gyms are either motivated by you know reducing their carbon footprint or reducing. Although, their carbon. although let's be honest, the amount of people who drive to the gym does does my nut it. <laughs> You'd be surprised by the amount of people that cycle to my gym. Yeah, it's, oh, uh... well, maybe <laughs> the one near our office, our new office. They all drive in it, which is really oh, no. love. <laughs> yeah, well, that, hopefully they're electric vehicles, though, right? No, oh, yeah, as if. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I get it. Um, we, we're almost out of time. I just want to go through a couple of quick points though um first of all well done i think it's brilliant you know your story what you've done recovering from trauma all of that it's very commendable but i have to ask this obviously i can see this working right and i can see this is this is good but it it seems like it's dare i say it's a good sort of gimmick and i hate to use that word but it makes people who are quite generally you've got to be quite wealthy to go to a gym anyway it's good for first world people but is it really going to make much difference? Are you, and I, and I don't, and I don't have a problem with that because I kind of think that we've got to start in all levels of society. And what's it matter if, if people who are kind of more wealthy contribute and, and, and it's not all about trying to save people who are more disadvantaged, but you know that a criticism would be thrown that this is all great. You're making money. You're doing something which is quite innovative and it makes kind of middle-class people feel better. How do you challenge that? And what do you hope for this to be something that, you know, a lot of people ride bicycles in a lot of parts of the world. You know, is there something here that's a bit more than just, you know, good for gym goers? If you consider this, the total energy uh, potential from, from all of the gyms around the UK alone is around 41.62 gigawatt hours of, of power. You know, that's, that's very specific. Power. I like that. <laughs> um, one spin studio or cycle studio with 30 of our bikes 200 cyclists um, over an hour long period um, can create six kilo hours of power now that's that's enough power to power a small home for an entire day we've got gyms going live that have more bikes they're having seven hours worth of cycling every single day that's 50 60 kilo hours that's that entire facility that's potentially gone off the grid in that in that studio setup so you know there is enough power potential here to to convert that energy into something more than meaningful if we get behind it and and you and i think what what is very key about the way in which we're thinking we're just you know a small fry we're not claiming to be you know a uh, a problem solver but we're no no I, and and i don't and I, I don't even want to force that on you but it, you know it's one of those things that people always need to have in mind don't they now when you do something what are you doing it for now you know our mantra is better business better planet and this is a clear example but it's that thing about what what can you see that could take this to to benefit more of us yeah absolutely and i think it's just utilizing the ways of of approaching this problem and utilizing different solutions to tackle it and it comes from not just one silver bullet which enables us enables us to 
go carbon zero uh, by 2040, whenever our target is, it's it's about look, looking at multiple ways in which power and energy as a whole is, is converted, whether that be wind, hydro, solar, human, this all formulates part of that bigger goal and bigger ethos. And also the, the, the way of thinking, the way we, you know, tackle and think about energy rather than just, you know, you switch the plug socket and it comes on, you know, to actually, you know, to work yeah, the connection with what's yeah. the power, you yeah. actually realize no, no. how much effort it takes. And, and hopefully that will then transcend into more of thought from the consumers to think, right, well, you know, I'm going to try and actively turn off my lighting and, and switch to no, LED lights. And that's that's a really excellent point because a, a decade ago, I cycled from London to Paris and I remember arriving at the Arc de Triomphe thinking, apart from the boat that got us across the channel, we got here on our legs, right? And, and that felt really, <laughs> I'm knackered, but it felt really quite good because like, oh, wow, we actually just got here by eating Mars bars and <laughs> And peddling. <laughs> Have you heard about the two the two kilowatt society? What's the two kilowatt society? Two kilowatt society. It's an environmental vision that was first introduced right. in I think it was nineteen ninety eight by the uh, the Swiss Institute of T Technology over in Zurich. But this is about you know that the overall energy primary energy usage rate from any individual should be no more than uh, two kilowatt hours per day. Right. Uh, by the year twenty fifty, and if we be be able to do that without lowering your standard of living. Yes, of living. We're able to, all, you know, contribute and live in a sustainable society based on, you know, sustainable power as it currently stands. Um, and again, it's it's taking that connection of what energy actually means, uh, making it tangible, and making us think, you know, twice about what consumer technology that we're buying, how efficient it is, uh, what cars we're driving, whether we're installing solar, and, and actually being able to to live greener, healthier lives, and and with our systems, hopefully, fitter lives as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's great. I mean, I'll have to get one, Will. You'll have to send me one to try out so we can film it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll send one to Power the Studio. Yeah, yeah, do, def definitely. Uh, listen, really, best of luck with it. I think it's a great idea. Stay in touch with us because I think this is the sort of thing. And we've got the Big Zero show taking place in Coventry, so not too far from where you are, in uh, June next year. Love you to bring a few of the bikes and get a few of our delegates having a go at it because that would be amazing absolutely yeah we can set up a little leaderboard for you guys and you can you can bring yeah it yeah no, no definitely <laughs> uh well um brilliant story thank you so much for joining us on the hero podcast if people want to find out more it's energym.io ladies and gents check it out uh will flint thank you so much for your time today on the net hero podcast thanks for having me summit take care uh great guy will uh check it out check out the website as i said and, you know, a real story of something tragic leading to something good, which uh, I think we can all think. Hopefully, we'll get some of his bikes for the Big Zero show, which is taking place next June in Coventry at the uh, CBS Arena. And you can have a go. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be getting, hopefully, most of you getting the podcast email that tells you what's going on. And if you've missed it, check out this week. We did a series all on water with Water Plus. So you'll find those all on the podcast section of the website. Do have a listen to that. Really important stuff about water conversation, uh, conservation with our friends from Water Plus. So that's well worth a, uh, a listen. If you want to be featured on the Net Hero podcast, then drop us a line. NetHero at futurenetzero.com. Please keep uh, giving us suggestions for what you'd like to listen to. 
and take care. See you next time. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.